Hey, what's going on? It's finally Friday, and welcome to the Friday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings. Use code CHGO when you sign up. Of course, DraftKings is the nation's leading sports book. All right, Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano. Whoa, look at you, Mr. Outfit Costume. Ted Lasso over here. Believe I'm going to bop that sign here real quick for you. I like it. You're looking good, man. Appreciate it. Well, uh, I had to, you know, just wait till the very last man. I literally just got the, the mustache like 30 minutes ago. That's why I said I was going to be a little later when I got on the podcast today. So I've just got the mustache back. I like it. I'm a little upset, though, that you waited until like yesterday evening to be like, hey, I'm dressing up. So I don't have anything lying around. I live in a college town. You better believe all those costumes are just kind of like oh, yeah. absorbed for all their activities this weekend. However, I have one for you. I got something. Okay. Give me a second. Let's see if you can guess what I am. I like my hair. Oh, yeah. Looking all right. Great. What am I, Nick? You had a guess. Uh, you oh, are. I broke it. What was I? Uh. Are, were you some kind of like warrior or like a Detroit Lions fan that's sad? Yeah, he's a he's a Packers fan. I was gonna say. Oh, yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah. It was Lions. I'm, I'm dressed fan. as Will. Apparently, we're both wearing light blue <laughs> hoodies. That's right. But I was I was doing Lions fan for Don Burr at home. There. Oh, there the you go. I'm gotcha there. Lions. There fan. we go. See, and I even wore yep. like the powder blue here Perfect. today. So I figured Perfect. something out literally last minute. I thought I had a bigger grocery bag. Did not. I found this little <laughs> hardware bag in my garage full of like different tools. I'm like, nope. We're going to just dump it and cut it. I hate to tell you, but uh, Halloween's Monday, so we do have a show on Monday. So you just now. I won't be on it, it though. So that's why I decided. Yeah. So that's why I decided to do it today. Cool. All right. Well, we're getting into it. All right. (laughs) Mr. Lasso, you ready to preview another Bears game? Obviously, this time last week, we both picked the Bears to lose. We broke down, you know, how they could win. We just didn't expect it to happen, but we did mention, like, hey, prove us wrong and they did i'm excited to kind of see where our minds are this week are we going to go a little bit too high too low where exactly are the, our minds at and that's what i'm excited to kind of get to yeah same here will uh, when we both predict the bears would lose against the patriots everyone else also did it wasn't like a just us but it was a very good showing on monday night they played all three phases let's see what they can do this week People want to know, is it Lasso or Ditka? It's it's Lasso. It's You, you can so, see. Look, AFC Richmond. Got, exactly. Well, I mean, I can see the. Uh, yeah, I can see it, but it is definitely Ted Lasso. Of course, uh, we just had that graphic up on the screen of one of our brand new CHO Bears shirts, hoodies. I, I love this bear logo that we're using here. Running with the football, it's awesome. I immediately scooped that up literally minutes after it dropped over on our locker. Nick, did you get any for you and Steph? Um, So I'm still waiting on the, the varsity stuff. And that one, oh. I'm thinking I want to go get Bulls stuff um, because the Bulls ones also look really dope. And obviously, Why plenty not of Bears gear. But Why yeah, no, both? you're right. You're right, Lawrence. You're right. I I'll probably will end up getting both, but I haven't gotten them yet. That and now just after Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, I definitely have some things to do after this podcast is done. You better. Yeah, I got bulls. I got bears. Uh, I had to go with both. They were just tremendous, like, all the way around. One other housekeeping item real quick is we're, like, a week and two days away from our next CHO Bears tailgate. Right before the Bears take on the Dolphins, uh, we're having our next official tailgate. The first one uh, was just such a uh, – I was going to say home run, but we're talking about football here. I don't know, a big touchdown play, whatever you want to call it. But it was 
a really good time getting to see, you know, everyone who listens and watches the show, just hanging out with us, enjoying some good food, enjoying, you know, boards and just really just getting to hang out. It, and this is a great deal. Food and drink all included, all you can eat, all you can drink. And uh, I think we're having our food provided by our good friends at Green Ridge Farm this week. So if you're looking at some good meats, maybe some meat sticks, this is the place to be next Sunday before the Bears take on the Dolphins. And I get to see Nick there, too, which is a, another bonus. Yeah, anytime we get to hang out, Will, and we'll have everybody there at CHGO as well. It's going to be a good time. And obviously the tailgate, the first one was amazing. So this second one, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, housekeeping's over. Let's get going here for our weekly game preview. Bears, Cowboys, Bears coming off a huge road victory in New England. Can they do it two weeks in a row? Nick, what's your one-liner to start things off? Come on, it's set up. It's on the mug there, Will. It's believe. That's the one-worder for today, believe. And we'll get into why, you know, Bears fans should have that feeling going into this matchup with the Cowboys. I love it. You're right on brand here this afternoon. I'm going to go with fact or fiction. What was last week? Uh, I think this Mm. upcoming game is a good test to find out. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's begin with some offensive keys here this week. And Nick, over to you. Key number one for the Bears offense this week against this Cowboys defense. Yeah, and as you know, Will, I do my two keys on offense. And my first one is just pocket presence. I think on the Monday night game, what you saw from Justin Fields, along with the design runs, was just the overall pocket presence. He wasn't looking to run when things broke down automatically. He's re- he, again, was surveying the field, seeing what was available to him. And then if he had to run, he did. But he was being a passer first in a lot of those situations. And that's going to be key in this one, especially when number 11 is on the opposite side, opposite side of the defense there. And Michael Parsons lines up everywhere. You need to overall have pocket presence to allow some of these explosive plays to happen. So that's going to be huge for this one. The, the Dallas front seven can definitely get after quarterbacks. But if Justin can continue to show what he did in that Monday night game and carry it over, in Dallas, that's going to be huge for this passing attack and for the Bears to have success on offense. All right, let's talk about a couple key, I think, items that we need to talk about when it comes to your first key here, and that's going to be you know, Micah Parsons dealing with a shoulder, and then Larry Borum also dealing with mm-hmm. a concussion. So we, we may see Parsons, we may not. I expect him to probably be a go. Uh, and then with Larry Borum, if he's not in, uh, I guess the expectation is Riley Reef. Does that change your key at all, like either of these injuries? Um, it definitely would. If Michael Parsons would be out, that'd be huge for the Bears. But I, I kind of feel like number 11 is going to suit up. And regardless of who's the offensive line, Will, um, Justin Fields has had a kind of a fluctuation there. And guys have moved spots. And Sam Mustafer wasn't a part of the, was supposed to be a part of the equation last week, but he was. And he still showed confidence in him after the bad game on against Washington. So regardless of who the front five is, if he has time, which there'll be opportunities where he will, Justin needs to still have that pocket presence. 100%. Totally agreed. Let's get to my first key this week, which is let's get physical. Luke Getzey praising his unit earlier this week for just playing with that physical style against the Patriots, and he's right. That was a huge reason why the Bears were able to find success on offense, and the Bears this week against the Cowboys need to continue winning at the point of attack, establish a run, wear down this defense. And it's going to take this exact type of like approach, mindset, if the Bears want to run against Demarcus Lawrence, Van Der Esch, Anthony Barr, Micah Parsons, Tristan Hill. That Cowboys front seven is very talented. Tevin Jenkins, though, 
prime example of what the Bears need here this week, just burying guys all of last week, and we need that again. You know, we mentioned Riley Reef at right tackle. If he can come in and give us Michael Schofield level of play, I think that would be mm-hmm. huge. We saw that Larry Borm over the last couple of weeks, he struggled a bit. So if you do get this veteran out here that can stabilize that right tackle position, Heck, it could be a blessing in disguise for the Bears here this week. And that's why you brought in these veterans in training camp for situations just like that. Now, when you look at last week for the Cowboys, I saw this Lions offense just having a good job of opening up rushing lanes uh, against this Cowboys defense. Jamal Williams picked up 79 rushing yards, 52 of which came after contact. But he had some good windows to run through. He broke some tackles, too. And that's because they were able to get to the edge the backs were able to break some tackles against those uh, DBs, and that's kind of what you want. You want these offensive linemen to reach the second level, looking at Tevin Jenkins here, take the linebackers out of the equation, and force the secondary to make these plays against the Bears running backs. And when I saw what the Lions were doing on the ground, one other key, Nick, that I know you like, it's that I saw a lot of these runs happening with a lead blocker, and that's where they're mm-hmm. able to get some of these bigger chunks too. Some Kari Blossom game, and again, you know, it's his time to shine and the bears are just damn good at running too you know if they're smart if they're self-aware they know that this is now their primary identity and coach Flus's comments earlier this week too about hey just committing to it is a big reason for the success i think shows me that they know it cowboys 19th in the nfl allowing 120 rushing yards per game uh 17th allowing 4.4 yards per rush they almost allowed five yards of carry uh, against the lions if the bears come out want to play some smash mouth football be aggressive at the point of attack I think they can make some things happen here. And real quickly, one stat I found is that the Bears have three games of 237 yards on the ground or more. When's the last time before this season that the Bears had 200 yards or more in the game uh, in one game on the ground, Nick? Do you know? I don't. Well, you're just going to give me the answer. 2017. Jordan, uh, that was a, what, a Jordan Howard game? No, that would have been 2018, right? No, Howard was here in 17-2. Uh, so it probably would have been Howard... I should have actually jotted down the actual game, but it's been since 2017. I, I went back and they got close a couple wow. times in 21, 20, getting in like the 180s, 190s. But they have three games of 237 or more after it's been like five years since you had one of 200 plus. This shows you what kind of rushing attack actually is here in Chicago. Things that you just not take for granted, but when they're losing, it's hard to like look at it and like, oh, wow, this mm-hmm. is actually a, a positive here. All right, Nick, I'm going to pass the baton back to you. Key number two. Yeah, it's kind of sticking with that run game. It's a design runs with Justin Fields or just making it look like a design run because I think that's going to be the big thing going into this matchup. Everybody now has tape that the Bears and Justin Fields can run the ball and he could do it effectively. Now it's how you can disguise some of these looks or still be effective when calling those types of plays knowing that the defense is going to prepare for him. And I think that's going to be huge in this one. Justin said, you know, after the game against the the Patriots that those design runs help create explosive plays. The Bears' first touchdown was on a design run with Justin Fields going to his left and everybody obviously blocking for him on that play. But it's going to be big to see how Luke Getze, this Bears offense, can still implement this very, I think, very important part of their offense and do it in a way that can still be effective without being too obvious. And that's that's the thing that Luke Getzey was talking about yesterday in his press conference. Like that's what coaching is. How can you do, put your players and make and capitalize on their strengths and do it in a way that the defense is not going to know that you're you're going to essentially run this play. So 
that's the challenge. That's the, the chess match that Luke Getzey has to face. But still having design runs a part of this offense should be a focal point, not only for this game, for the rest of the season. All right, so here's something if I were the Cowboys that I would definitely just do, like straight up the very first series, probably through the entire game. And it's a little unorthodox to go, I think, to this extreme, but it could work in their favor. And that's just use Micah Parsons as a pure Justin Fields spy all game long. Wherever one goes, you go. If the Cowboys do that, do you still think the Bears could find success with these designed runs uh, and just kind of keep fields upright? Because I feel like when we saw him move around in the pocket last week, that was a lot of progress. The rollout seemed like they were really clicking. But if they use a spy and it's Micah Parsons all single game, I feel like that's just going to make things much more complicated. I'm just curious if your thoughts and confidence if the Bears could overcome something like that. You know, it would complicate things. And I know that Justin Fields and Micah Parsons are close. They did a, I think it was the series is called the rookie and they did a 40 yard dash and Parsons was faster than Fields. So he's got the speed um, edge on Fields, but that's where you're Luke Getze and you throw in these motions. You throw in even a, like a Valus Jones Jr. on a jet sweep and it's a fake just to get him to hesitate. Whatever it could take, Will, that's why, you know, football is such a great sport. You can do all these little things, these motions, these um, just having the offense flow one way, but you're actually coming back on a bootleg the other way. So, so much can be done. And yes, Michael Parsons is a phenomenal athlete. It's crazy what he can do, and it would complicate things, but that's what you got a game plan for. So I think if that's going to be the plan, if that were to be the plan for the Cowboys, Bears have to just adjust. Yeah, adjustment is the league that we're talking about right now. So for me, my second key, which kind of leads in what you're talking about there, is just leverage. If I type direction, I meant aggression here. Uh, so leverage aggression is my second key. I noticed that this Cowboys defense, they just play very aggressively. And the Bears mm-hmm. is going to find a way to kind of take advantage. Just make them think a bit like you're just saying. The Lions had some good gains on the ground. Doing some of those end arounds, we've had some really good success in Chicago, whether it be EQ, Dante Pettis, Bayless Jones Jr. Some of those pot plays end around, just get over to the edge and make some plays happen. I think the Bears can do that here in this game. I just want to see the Bears find ways to keep this Cowboys defense on their toes. You mentioned misdirection, motions, jets, counters, rollouts, play action, you name it. There's a lot of things that the Bears can do this week to utilize misdirection and use this aggressiveness against them. And I saw that the Lions, even with Jared Goff, you know, running that RPO, uh, handed off or making a pass, and the Bears can utilize that too. And it was kind of getting to the Cowboys defense. But the good thing about what Justin doing it over Jared Goff is that the RPO is technically a triple threat. Can Justin run? Will it be mm-hmm. the back or will it be a pass? So that extra wrinkle can make things even more complicated. And on top of that, this Bears rushing threat, as we mentioned, really good this year. And it's at a point where teams are going to just have to fear it. So if you can get off the bus running, force them to kind of stack the box a bit, run a play fake, suck up those linebackers, you can hit behind these guys all game long and one other key inside of this is just in breaking routes whether it's slants ditches Mm -hmm. in routes crossers the lions are just destroying and maybe that's a bit of a hyperbole here because they didn't really destroy through the air but they were finding success over the middle of the field in these in breaking routes throughout the majority of the game and these dbs as we know like the outside they're pretty good so you need to find ways to just beat them on the interior so that's my second key Uh, Anything you want to add to that before I get to my last key in offense, Nick? 
Yeah, really quickly, Will, on the in-breaking routes, someone that I would look to target, especially on a, maybe it's a post, a 10-yard, whatever it may be, Jerron Curse, the safety, that was a guy that when the the Lions were targeting, whether it was a tight end or one of their slot receivers, there was space that was being given up, and, and just, they, they were able to have success when targeting 27, so hopefully the Bears can see something similar and have some similar success in terms of those in-breaking routes, and especially when they target a guy like Curse. Uh, right. Yeah. There's some good stuff there too, Nick. My last one is an obvious, but it's a, it's a very important this week and that's just ball security. And I don't try to make this a key every week, but I, th- I think this is one of those exceptions. Dallas, they're just tied for fifth in the league and takeaways on defense. They've had five last week and it could have been more. They put the ball on the turf, a ton punching, swatting, ripping at it. They've recovered three of those chances, including a key takeaway at the goal line. They also came away with two different interceptions, Trevon Diggs, Jordan Lewis. They each made really good plays on the ball, fighting back through the receiver to make these interceptions. So the receivers, they just need to be aware of this physical style of play that the secondary plays with. Don't allow them to fight through you or over you to get to the ball first. You need to be the one coming back and doing that. Diggs already three interceptions this year. They have seven as a team and eight forced fumbles too. So they're very tenacious, very advantageous defense. And the Bears just need to make sure they protect the football here because this Cowboys offense, which we're going to get to in a bit, they can put up some points. And if you give them some short fields to work with, it's just going to really make things difficult for the Bears to find a way to win this game. Yeah, it is. Well, and you know, honestly, Detroit with Jared Goff and some of those throws that you were mentioning that got picked, it's like, what are you thinking, dude? Like, so hopefully Justin Fields doesn't have any of those questionable decisions. And I think the Bears will be, you know, in a better spot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Without question. Let's flip sides of the ball. We'll start on defense. Nick, what's key number one? Yeah. And I, okay. I didn't do this last week, but I'm deciding to go back to this where I find a specific player and see if the Bears can exploit it. But I was looking at Terrence Steele, that's uh, the Cowboys' right tackle. And against Detroit, he had his worst graded PFF game. Um, and not that's at the biggest indicator of like, oh, the Bears should really try to exploit this because of one one game. But there was a couple of false start, or he had a false start, and I know Aiden Hutchinson got him on a spin move, but he was the most inconsistent lineman um, out of the two tackles. So if the Bears are going to try to win that matchup on the edge, and now you don't have Robert Quinn, a lot's going to be asked of Travis Gibson, who will be the starter there, Dominic Robinson, Alcuni Muhammad. So there's a matchup of potentially winning. Try to go at Terrence Steele, a guy that did not have his best game last week against the Detroit Lions. And maybe this is an opportunity for one of these young pass rushers that Ryan Pohl said, like, when they got rid of Quinn, a big reason was because of what they saw in those two guys in Travis Gibson, Dominic Robinson. This would be a great game to kind of prove that he was right. He knows what he's talking about and seeing some production out of those two guys. I like it a lot. You need to find a mismatch in the Bears with their lack of really any pass rush. You need to find ways to take advantage, simulate pressure, whatever you got to do. And Mm -hmm. I think you highlighted a really uh, good one there, Nick. My first key is just feel the flow. And you mentioned the edges. I'm going to do it again here, too, to the edges, whether it be Elliott, which I don't know if he's going to play or not, uh, or Pollard. The Cowboys are making plays happen on the outside. Uh, Elliott's top four rushes last week all came off tackle. The same thing goes with Pollard and the Bears are most likely going to see a lot more of Pollard this week, who has been, to me, the most explosive uh, of the two backs this season. So the fact that the Bears are going to get a heavier dose of him maybe makes for a bigger challenge this week than if they did have a split reps like we've seen so far this season. So the screen game, outside runs, it's been a big part of their offensive attack. So the Bears need to go flow to the outside, 
force and funnel things back inside and gobble it up. And just another way that the edges are going to be tested are those play action rollouts. Dak had a handful of these, and when he has time here, he's able to pick apart defenses rather rather easily. So the DEs, they need to contain. They need to chase them down. Just make them sweat a bit on those outside rollouts. Don't just let them have you know free domain and all that territory to just go out there and make something happen. So I feel like the Bears' ability to play good defense on the outside, Kyler Gordon's a part of this too, I, I think is going to be a big reason why they would succeed or fail on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the DBs. They need to be involved in this as well. I thought the Detroit DBs were doing a good job of at least trying to get involved in stopping the run, but that's going to be key for for the Bears to do something similar on Sunday. Going to my second key, just being uh, having an aggressive defensive line. They only had one sack against the Patriots, so you still want to see more in terms of those numbers increase throughout the season. But their overall presence was definitely felt in that one, Will. Um, Alan Williams spoke yesterday to the media, and he said the D-line is the engine that runs this ship. So when they play well, we play well. And they did play well last week. And you can also look at what the defensive line was doing in terms of just batting down passes. Justin Jones had two of them. Dominique Robinson, Travis Gibson. So the defensive line, maybe they don't get the sack numbers still, and they're still trying to search for ways to replicate um, how they can get that pr- production up. But if they can make their presence felt that way, it can clog up some running lanes, make it hard for Tony Pollard to find those explosive runs, then you're doing your job as a defensive lineman despite still not getting those sack production that we all want to see. If you could do that as well, that's perfect. But there's, I think, like Alan Williams said, if the defensive line is on it, they are going, they're a completely different defense. We saw the turnover. We saw what they did to both quarterbacks in New England. So the defensive line comes to play on Sunday. Let's see how that really impacts Dak Prescott and this whole entire Cowboys offense. Yeah, the, the secondary has been playing really good. And if you just get modest pass rush production, like things this quickly can go from a, a good defense to one that's playing at a, you know, a borderline great level. So I, I really like you bringing aggression back. I talked about physicality on offense, aggression on defense. It's definitely the way the Bears need to go this week. Mm-hmm. My second key is to contain the tight ends. And I felt like last yeah. week for Dak Prescott, whenever he needed a big play, he went to his tight ends. Dalton Schultz, he came away with some key third down catches. Same with Jake Ferguson. And hey, the undrafted free agent out of Indiana. That's right. I have to bring it up. Peyton Hendershot also caught his first career touchdown last week in a two goal situation the bears have done a good job limiting tight ends this year Uh, i think they've done that very very good they just need to continue to stay the course this week we know cd lamb's gonna be a huge focus that's a given noah brown he's also been a factor wide receiver but the thing Mm -hmm. is i'm feeling good about the secondary and how they've been playing and it should just be a slugfest out there cd brown they're gonna work outside they're gonna work in the slot but there's been good play from the bears cornerbacks killed the vildor has only allowed 15 yards and two catches over the last two weeks Kyler Gordon, we've talked about it last week, really kind of flipped the switch. And we know what Jalen Johnson provides on his side of the field, too. So a big reason why the Bears were able to have the Patriots last week, despite that consistent pass rush, as we mentioned, was the coverage as being sensational. If that can happen again this week, contain the wide receivers, I do think Dak will heavily go to these tight ends. And then if the Bears allow these tight ends to go for eight, nine plus, come up with these big key third down catches, keep this Dallas Cowboys offense on the field, we could be in for a long day and they're going to, you know, of course go heavy with Pollard. So play action too is a big reason why these linebackers need to keep their integrity and not and get their appropriate depth to not get sucked up on those play fakes. 
No, no doubt about it. Well, we're actually going to continue talking about the DBs here because I think what the Bears need to do, and obviously it's not tough to do, but continue the, the turnover standard. I spoke to Kyler Gordon after that game against Patriots and asked about the, the turnovers that they created, four of them on the night, and he told me that that's going to be the standard moving forward now. We are looking to create four turnovers. That's what we should be doing. And that was huge, obviously, in the victory over the past. Before the half, the Patriots scored uh, a touchdown to go up 14-10. The Bears answer back in that next drive make it, with their own touchdown, make it 17-14, but then get that fumble recovery well on the next possession, only get a field goal out of it, and then they extend their lead out of halftime because they had the ball first, and they end up going from 14-10, a swing, to 23-14 at, at, what, a couple minutes into the third quarter. Those turnovers were big to, you know, put the Bears in that position. And if the defense can replicate four turnovers, which is going to be a hard standard to keep that, that Kyler Gordon was talking about, that, I mean, most games you're going to win. And if it's whether it's interceptions, fumbles, however you get them, like that's going to be huge for the Bears. And it just gives Justin Fields and that offense more opportunities. So if Kyler Gordon said that's a standard, let's see if they can uphold to it this week against the Cowboys. Man, that would be sweet. I, I think it would be the word that I, I want to use there. If they can continue that level uh, of just being able to take away the football. My final key, we mentioned Tony Pollard a couple times now, but they just need to solve the Pollard problem because he is a problem. No question. He averages 5.6 yards per rush, 9.5 yards per reception, and 6.2 yards per touch overall. Now it's expected he's going to have a bigger role this week, and that means probably more explosive play opportunities, for this Cowboys offense. And Pollard just does it all. He's explosive. He has real good burst, real good speed. He can get to that top gear really quickly. And he also has that wiggle to get make guys miss. But he's like almost like a complete back because he can also be physical. He has the ability to drive through defenders, lowers his shoulder, and just run through tackles. And just like the offense, you mentioned the aggression from the defensive line. This entire Bears defense just needs to play with attitude physicality smack them right in the mouth here roquan nicholas morrow brisker gordon justin jones the defensive end everyone's in on it right now i want to applaud the bears run defense last week because we've been kind of you know shitting on them all season long and that's been well warranted right for a unit they've been in the bottom of the league here but they surrendered the fifth fewest rushing yards last week in the entire nfl 70 and the patriots were actually starting to get into a groove with stevenson just able to run consistently week after week and they, that was like a huge fantasy pickup, too. Everyone's talking about it. But the Bears mm -hmm. found a way to shut it down. And I actually looked so far this season, over the last three weeks, this Bears run defense, they've allowed 105 yards on average. Weeks one through four, that average per game was 183. So it's dropped down about 80 yards a game. So that's vast improvement. And again, if they can just – we said it last week, hey, they need to show us that they can stop a good rushing attack. They did it. Let's see if they can do it again on Sunday. It's going to be a tough one, Will. I hope that that trend, that positive trend for the Bears, definitely continues uh, against the Cowboys. Without question. Those are our keys to success on both sides of the ball. Up next, we're going to talk about some X factors, who has the edge, a whole lot more coming. If you have any questions for Nick and I to answer at the end of the show, I saw, I think, one or two already come in. Definitely throw in the chat. Lawrence on the back end producing is going to star him up. And of course, how we end these episodes each and every week is a little Q&A with everyone who is watching live. Love to do it. So if you have a question, feel more than free to throw it in the chat. But real quick, I just want to let you know 
about some uh, one of our partners that I just really love, and that's Shady Rays, because they never understood like why sunglasses were so expensive. And they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays, they have you covered. These are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, sub uh, substantial uh, durability, and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. And what I love about them is their protection program. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked, you know, dropped in a lake, off a cliff, anything. They literally will replace them. I lost mine after a couple of years, emailed them, no questions asked, got it shipped, even got my shipping address updated, came to my new house. It's really, really smooth. Uh, they also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed, and they have donated over 20 million meals today so not only do you look good but you're doing a lot of good for the world by supporting shady rays so exclusively for our listeners shady rays is running their deepest deal of the season use code chgo that gets you 50 percent off two or more pairs at shadyrays.com that's buy one get one free you can get two pairs as low as 54 dollars redeem only at shadyrays.com use that code chgo where you can find all their newest and best shades i have to tell everybody about game time and i'm going to ask our listeners and viewers here, a couple of questions. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you can never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bears tickets as well. And if you love CHGO, then you'll love the Game Time app. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Good stuff there, Nick. I want to get into our bold predictions, though, brought to you by Green Ridge Farm. One of my favorite segments each and every week. One of these weeks, though, I'm going to hit on a bold prediction, but that's why they're bold. They're a little bit out of the ordinary and a little bit of, you know, a reach at times. Okay. At at times, well, at times. At Who's times. starting this off? You you want to start off the bold prediction? You want me to do it? It's I got it. I'm okay. ready. All right, so do I'm it. looking for six catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. From who? Cole Komet. You know it. You already knew. Cole Komet, if he can have that stat line, that would be by far his best game of the season. I think he hasn't even topped 50 yards yet. And what I saw last week, again, was this Lions offense finding use of their tight ends behind the linebackers here consistently. They combined for eight catches and 95 yards. So Cole Komet, just give me six for 70, and let's find some pay dirt. Let's get a score. So that's going to be my bold prediction this week. What about you? I'm going with uh, the defense. I'm going with Kyler Gordon. I asked him after the game, what happened with, with the pick? You didn't have enough gas. He's like, man, I got tired. And, you know, he, he said that he did. And Allen Williams, was. Uh, he talked about the pick six. He's like, I wish he could have scored. Uh, Kyler wishes he would have scored. Pick six for Kyler Gordon this week continues his streak of interceptions. And just the overall progress we've really seen out of the Bears' first draft pick in, in April here. So, I'm guessing that a pick six for my bold prediction would not only help with my turnovers that I want to see, and obviously all Bears fans, but help this Bears team pull off a possible upset victory. But pick six, bold prediction for Kyler Gordon. Love it. It would be, uh, I think, a great next step for him. And just I, I think his confidence obviously has really risen over the last three, four weeks. And 
that interception sure does help. So if he can take mm-hmm. one to the house, just imagine like where that confidence would go. And we all know in the NFL, every position, but you know, kickers and I think defensive backs and quarterbacks, like confidence uh, weighs uh, a, a little bit more. All right. So we're going to get to our X factor. Tell you who has the edge real quick before we do that. Let's hit the like button. Why not? You're watching. You like this content. I, I know you do. Nick and I put a lot of time and effort into our weekly game previews, researching these opponents, finding ways that the Bears can win. And I think it's good information all the way through. So definitely definitely hit that thumbs up. Give it a like and believe as Nick's mug says. Mm-hmm. I wish you would have got the Ray Kent mug too. I still want that mug. Oh, that I know. Yes. Such a good one. Yes, that's I was going back well and just watching like clips from Ted Lasso and it just makes me want to go back and rewatch both seasons, which is not going to take too long. They're like 30 minute episodes, but it's just a fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, go watch Ted Lasso. What are you doing? After this podcast, go watch Ted Lasso. All right. Time for the X factor of the week. And since I started with the bold predictions, Nick, you're going to start off our weekly X factor. Yeah. So will, I think it's third down. Like, obviously, that's the most, the money down, the most important down in football, arguably. And the Cowboys are ranked 10th in the league in third down percentage at 35%. The Bears last week were 11 of 18 on third down. Well, that's a number that we never see from the Bears. It's 61%, incredibly high. But I think this is going to be key for this game because if the Bears can sustain drives, they're obviously going to face these third down situations. And that's where defenses can get creative, especially in those third and long situations when you have a guy like Micah Parsons. So how do the Bears adjust and handle this this crucial down? I'm not saying they have to replicate the, the success that they had last week. That's going to be tough to do. But if they can be on the plus side of it, right, just be uh, – if you can get half, like obviously that's even high. But the Bears on third down, we've seen – prior to Monday night's game have not been very good. So if you can maybe continue this trend, maybe not that that high level, still going to put you in a way better position to succeed on offense and ultimately score points. Did you see that those 11 third down conversions were the second most ever against a Bill Belichick-led Patriots team? Was that a tweet from a Mr. Will DeWitt? Is that why I may have seen it? Yeah, but the information came from ESPN, <laughs> but I saw it and I thought it was really good information. But yeah, only one other team had more, and that was the 2005 Colts uh, with Peyton Manning. Mm. And that was a pretty good offense, but the Bears are having 11. Justin Fields accounted for 10 of those, whether he ran it himself or threw for it. So I think you're right. You sound like me when you would bring up third down being like an X Factor or something. You know how I am about third oh, downs and red zone stats and how they matter and determine games. So I'm proud of you here, Mr. Lasso. You understand the ins and outs of this American mm-hmm. football. And I know you're going to pick up this year, uh, European team too. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into my X factor, which is going to be the return game now for Dallas. And I'm looking at specifically punt returns here. Cavante Turpin, he has the second highest punt return average in the NFL with 16 uh, which and he also had a second in the NFL with 176 punt return yards. He's tied for the league most of three returns that have gone for 20 or more. He has the second longest return in the NFL this year at 52 yards, and he has 10 fair catches. He's a smart returner. He mm-hmm. picks his spots. So I'm looking at you know Josh Blackwell here as a gunner. He's been so good this year. I think that's going to be key for him to keep up that level of play. Same thing with Sam Weatherford, Jack Sanborn. Just fly down there and smack them. Like they've been playing so aggressively in this third phase. I just want to see that. Like they thrive for those opportunities. And 
having these rookie undrafted free agents that play with this level of intensity, embracing this hits formula on special teams, I think it's just a good culture building like all the way around. Like you have these young, hungry guys that are I haven't seen this in a long time in Chicago, Nick. I really haven't. But their ability to cover, I think would be huge. And then on the flip side for the Bears, we all know their issues at Parmy Turner. I'm assuming Pettis is going to get the nod yet again. And he did well overall. There are times where he, you know, yet again kind of shies away. But I'd rather him shy away and lose some yards than just lose the possession altogether like we were with mm-hmm. Velas Jones Jr. So I'd take it compared to, and heck, Pettis had one really good return last week too. But I feel like the ability more so to cover Turpin here. You know, again, giving this Dallas offense short fields is not the way to go. So his, our ability to cover Turpin in the return game can be a sneaky X factor this week. Yeah, well, he is explosive. So you need to make sure that your coverage, you're staying consistent in your lanes and that the Gunners are getting down there because he will make you pay. You've been watching even just the Detroit game, but you can watch what he's done this season. Explosive, do not give him, limit the space. You need to limit the space on a guy like that. Without question, let's get into who has the edge this week. And I have, to start things off, the Bears passing attack versus this Cowboys pass defense. All right, listen, we're going to give it to the Cowboys. And I'm going to be very honest. Last week, the Bears had me grinning you know, ear from ear with their ability just to cater the offense to Justin, let him play ball. And it was just so much fun to watch. Getsy called a great game. The players executed on the field. And Justin just came through. All game long, like I said, big plays, especially on third down. But Dallas' defense, they've been pretty good at stopping teams through the year of the season. We mentioned that secondary, they're aggressive. That pass rush, they're really good, too. They allow the seventh lowest pass rating in the league. And they also get after quarterbacks the fastest clip in the entire league, taking down quarterbacks on 12.84% of dropbacks. Now, the offensive line for the Bears looked good last week, but it's going to be tested yet again against the Cowboys, both inside and out. We mentioned it's Riley Reef probably playing at right tackle. And I don't think it worries me, Nick, but I feel like it's just an unknown. And so the unknown does have me, you know, a little uneasy per se. So a big part of the game was moving fields around. And like I said, if the Cowboys see that, they're going to try to find ways to limit it this week, and the Bears may have to counter. So as excited as I was last week, I'm still hopeful that they can continue to build on it, but I'm just continuing to just kind of like be patient here and not make it uh, I guess a standard weekend and week out especially against good defenses like the Cowboys so I'm going to give them the edge but who knows maybe the Bears can surprise us yet again no I mean I get that well I was if you know that was in my if I was in your situation I'd do the exact same thing but I'm not I have the Bears rushing attack <laughs> versus the Cowboys rush defense and look the Bears we were talking about it earlier in the show and I didn't bring it up but the Bears have an identity Something that you could not say throughout the Matt Nagy era. The Bears run the football. The Bears are going to run the football regardless of the opponent that they're playing and, you know, what their defensive, what their philosophies are, the players they have. They're going to run the football. They have Kari blasting game. And now you have Justin Fields added to this equation. And it that balance attack at running at running back with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, that, that can all work. And I know um, Dallas um, obviously has some very capable guys up front and when you have an athletic freak like Michael Parsons it makes it difficult to run but I'm taking the Bears in this one well because I know when it comes to this game the Bears are going to rush the football and they're going to have success with it and they and the thing too will they stick with the run mm-hmm. it's not like if it's not successful they're just going to abandon it 
That's their identity. That's who they are, and they're going to stick to it regardless of how it's going. I'm, I'm glad you nailed the layup here. Uh, with this Bears rushing attack. It is literally the given. They are the best running team in the NFL. Hands down. Let's go. They have an edge, so they're not swept here. We'll see how the rest of this shakes out, though. But I have the Cowboys rushing attack versus that Bears run defense. And like I said, they're starting to turn things around, Nick, every week. Like, oh, this isn't obviously we're going to go to the opponent every single week. But they're starting to play at a higher level. And what they did against the Patriots really inspired me but the Cowboys have the edge. <laughs> Just want to be clear. <laughs> they still have the edge this week, but I am starting to come around to this run defense. And more importantly, I think they're starting to come around too. And I've already highlighted how much better they're playing, allowing 80 less yards per game on the ground over the last three compared to the first four weeks of the season. Uh, I think their effort to stop the run last week was inspiring. That was encouraging. I'm going to feel better too, though, if somehow Zeke wants to end up playing with that bum knee, that thigh contusion, because I think Pollard has been a little bit more dangerous. And I'd rather take a Ezekiel Elliott taking half the carries at like 60, 70, 80% uh, than I would Pollard at 100%, 100% of the time. So I'm going to give the Cowboys the edge, knowing the Bears have been better, and let that Bears defense prove me wrong. And then we can start talking about this run defense being turned around for reals. But I'm going to give them one more week to show me that they need more respect on their name. Nick, what about the Cowboys passing attack versus that Bears pass defense? Well, well, we're talking about it. We like the DBs and what they're capable of doing in this game and what they're doing is in terms of young players ascending, right? Jaquan Brisker getting the interception. Kyler Gordon also getting his pick. And you have Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson playing good football right now. And I know the Cowboys have C.D. Lamb. They have all the tight ends you mentioned. I'm taking the Bears here, so both. I think it just fell into my favor, Will, Will for both of the, uh, the matchups you gave me. But I'm taking the Bears in this one. It would help if the pass rush could be a part of that, Will, for mm -hmm. sure. That's definitely going to play an impact if the Bears are going to have success in terms of just limiting what Dak Prescott can do. And there was still some rust I was seeing against the Detroit Lions. He missed some layups on some rollouts and put the ball in some some situations where Detroit had a couple defenders in the area. So he's still figuring things out after obviously missing uh, all of last season or most of last season with his injury. So I think the, the Bears in their secondary, that's a, a whole group that is ascending. So I'm taking the Bears in this one. I like it, and I'm kind of, I guess, excited and elated that it actually came out to be 50-50 this week. Heading into the preview content, like as you were doing your research, did you expect it to be, I guess, like half and half? Uh, you know, the Detroit game is deceiving, Will. I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you that right now because for the majority of the game, the, the Cowboys weren't really doing much. Right, it happened towards the end of the the game where all these fumbles and things were happening. So, I, it's what you have you done recently, right? And the Bears mm -hmm. look good on Monday night in all phases. The Cowboys, their defense, obviously only giving up six points. That's really impressive. But like their offense, there was some things that are they got to get cleaned up. So it it's not too surprising that we've been talking about it. But it is nice to see that the Bears are in some categories right up there with with the Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. All right, we have, what, over-unders to do? Who's going to be our MVP? Our actual game picks or confidence meter, Q&A, all coming up. But real quick, Nick, over to you, and I want to hear more about Pins and Aces. Ah, yes, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. They are family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make amazing polos, 
hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, which is an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. You can check out pinsandaces.com and use the code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping as well. That's pinsandaces.com. And I want to let you know about FOCO. If my Google Doc will actually start to move for some reason, it got stuck there, Nick, but I got it. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO got you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO got you covered with hoodies to fight that Blake Michigan breeze. Check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. That's again here on YouTube and your podcast player of choice for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO and that's going to get you 10% off. And real quickly, Nick, I'm just going to do it anyway. That way we don't get in trouble. We didn't know if we we're going to do this one or not, but I just want to do it anyway. It's a fun one. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. Your pulse is racing, he kicks, and you watch the ball as it lands. Make every play feel as exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Of course, we are going to do some over-unders right now, so you can start making a same-game parlay. And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on a stepped-up same-game parlays once per day all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO to get you $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. We're calling an audible today. We are giving you our weekly game preview throughout this entire episode, as you know. And it's time for myself, Will, and my co-host, Nick, to play some over-unders here this week. And I'm pulling up the DraftKings app right now, and we are going to just see where the lines are here today. First and foremost, Nick, Dak Prescott, over-under, one-and-a-half touchdowns thrown. One-and-a-half touchdowns thrown. Um, I'm going to go under. Well, I'm going to go under on the one-and-a-half. Uh, I don't know, just watching Thursday Night Football, I – did some over unders on on DraftKings. It did not end up my way, but I'm going to go <laughs> under on uh, the one and a half touchdowns thrown by Dak Prescott. Yeah, the Ravens had like what 500 yards of offense last night. It was ridiculous. and none was none was from Lamar Jackson rushing, right. and I put that prop all the way up there, and I'm like, <laughs> damn, that that killed me. Oh man, it's just it tends how it goes. I take the under too, though. I think the Bears as we talked about, should be able to contain them a bit through the air. I know they have playmakers, but our secondary does too. And once they get into the red zone, I think they're going to try to keep it on the ground uh, a bit too. But that Bears red zone defense played much better last week. We'll see if they can keep Mm -hmm. it up. What about Justin? Over under 0.5. Over? 0.5. I'll go over. I'll go over on 0.5. One one touchdown pass at some point in four quarters of football. Let's take that prop there, Will. All right. What about Dak at 236.5 yards through the air? 236.5. That seems a little high. 
So I'm going to go under for, for mm. this one. I'm going to say over, so that way he hits the under, because I was going to say under too. But if we all just start piling on here, we we know how the collective energy of the world tends to go here. What about Justin at 160.5 passing? 160? We're, we're going over that. We're going over. I nice. think I've gone over for the last, like, four weeks. Yes, you have. Uh, I don't think you've taken an under on Justin in quite some time. We'll move over to rushing yards. David Montgomery, his line's at 46 and a half. Mm, David, he's in... Uh... This I feel like this is a David Montgomery game, Will. I know like Khalil Herbert's been the hot hand lately, getting the big runs, but I feel like this is a David Montgomery game. I'm going to go over. All right. I'm going to say under because I feel like Herbert will go over his line 39.5. That's a plus 100 yeah. for him to just go over that. And I feel like that's pretty doable. He does that usually in a touch or two. Yeah, that's true. And what about Justin? His line is at 47.5, the highest line of all bears. Well, well, I know I said the under, and that was way wrong on Monday night <laughs> on the under and rushing. So I'm going over. Everybody who gave me crap last time, I'm taking the over here. Um, design runs are a thing, and I know Mike Parsons out there. Give me the over with Justin Fields. He makes things happen with his legs. All right, for the Bears' defense, can they keep CD over or under 69.5 receiving? Nice. Um, 69.5. Well, so in that game against the Patriots, Jalen Johnson was doing a little shadowing in there, Will. So he mm-hmm. was falling number one. I would think you do that against CeeDee Lamb. So I'm going to say under the 69.5. Okay. I, I like your confidence. I like that you mentioned that extra wrinkle that we haven't seen out of this Bears defense in quite some time, having your best playmakers stay on their best playmakers. So I, I like that extra little uh, tidbit that we are able to get out of this little segment. Uh, what about Darnell Mooney at 42.5? It's always a tricky one here, Darnell. It is. Um, I'm going under. He's going to spread the wealth, Justin Fields. So I'm going to go under on that one. I'm going to say over. Uh, and again, it could just be one big play. Uh, as we know, we'll take those shots. And lastly, Cole Komet over under 20.5. I'm going over on the 20.5. It's a doable. It's very doable, Will. I'm going to go over on that one as well. And how about one? I got one more just for fun because we haven't done this. Field goals made. Cairo Santos Ooh. over under 1.5. Give me over. Uh, just because I know he's obviously wherever the Bears feel comfortable with him in his range, he's going to make it. And I think the Bears are going to, they found some stuff with this offense. So I'm going to go over that. All right. That was our over under this week by DraftKings. Again, head over there, sign up with our code CHGO. You get all, you get all the good stuff we talked about earlier. And you just heard all the lines, so you can make yourself a really fun same-game parlay. All right, Nick, who's going to be the MVB at the end of the game? I want to be different, and I would like to change it at some point, Will. But it's Justin Fields. It's always going to be <laughs> Justin Fields, and I know it's it's the cop-out answer. But for the Bears to, act, to win this game, it's going to... Be on his shoulders, continue to show that poise in the pocket like I was talking about earlier, showing that it wasn't just a one-week fluke. You you meant, you meant mentioned that in the beginning, Will. Is this fact? Is it, is it fluke? Is it fact, fiction? Whatever it may be, we need to see it from Fields. We need to see him stack those games. And if the Bears have a chance in this one, it's because of number one, what he's able to do in the passing game, his decision-making, how he operates the offense. So the MVB, Justin Fields. He was number one. All right, I, I, I had to just do it. It came to mind. My MVB, Nick, and 
again, even though you're being obvious, I more than understand he was the most valuable bear last week. No question. This offense runs through him. And if they keep up the offensive approach that they did last week, it's going to be exactly the same. I have no doubts about that whatsoever. I'm trying to think out of the box here. I'm going to go defense. I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson because what I saw in Dak's return is that, I don't know, he's a little eager to push that ball downfield. Mm -hmm. And if the Bears aren't going to put pressure on him, we know that's been a glaring problem for the Bears defense, the lack of pressure. He's going to take some of those chances down the field. But the good thing is he's taking those chances, even if there are multiple defenders in the area. He's trusting his arm and some of his playmakers. He's just going to take, well, chances. So for Eddie Jackson, let's play some center field, read Dak, and just go make a play. Like He's going to have some of those chances, I feel like, to come away with one of those big interceptions that we've seen Eddie Jackson make, whether it be himself, you know, uh, going and beating a route and just jumping on the ball, or like a PBU from Brisker or from Gordon, Vildor, Johnson in front of him, heck, any of the linebackers. I just feel like he's going to have a chance to make a play, and he's going to do it here this week. So Eddie Jackson is the out-of-the-box MVB candidate for me here this week. I like it. Well, um, again, it's different. You're, you did you did some better than me. You just went I'm not outside the obvious with Justin Fields and Eddie Jackson's been playing good football still. All right, so I'm actually really curious where this is going to go because we're both sitting here and we've talked about the reasons why the Bears can win the matchups here, but does anyone? actually think it will happen not that it could happen i think we both expressed it could Mm -hmm. happen but will it happen will the bears beat the cowboys when it's all said and done on sunday and i don't know where you at well well come on the mug the mug believe i have the bears winning this one i i gave them no shot against the patriots last week no shot i thought what they were doing defensively judon had a good game and what that front was doing was just gonna eat up the Bears, and it was going to be another primetime loss, a disappointment. But I think the Bears have found something. That that mini-buy gave them time to reevaluate, honestly, everything. When Matty Rafflew said that, they actually showed it on, on Monday night. Every phase got better. And like I was saying with that Lions-Cowboys game, the defense looked good, but there are still some, some things they want to figure out offensively. Of course the Bears do too, but I... I just think that this is maybe one of those trap games. It could be a trap game for the Bears. They're coming off a big win. It could be a trap game for the Cowboys because they're playing the, the Chicago Bears. That's coming off an upset. But I have the Bears winning 27-24. We're seeing some points, Whoa. Will. There's some points being scored. Uh, and again, maybe this is recently biased, but 27-24 Bears. Like wiping some like sweat on my bro. You got me excited with all those points being put up by the Bears. Maybe not allowing 24 points, but hell, uh, I would take it. For sure. So you make a lot of good points and you know that I am the eternal optimist here at CHGO Bears. However, (laughs) I I know, I know. I'm sorry, Mr. Lasso. I'm sorry. And the problem is, Nick, we had to submit our weekly picks last (laughs) night to Kevin. So I can't like change it here based off of our conversation or else I would have been maybe a, a little bit more flexible. But I had the final Cowboys 21. Bears 20. And like I said, the Bears can win this game. There is zero doubt in my mind about that fact. If they come out and play with the same physicality, intensity, focus that we saw last week, they have a really good shot of coming away with another road upset win. Upset win. And my heart, Nick, you know me. It's screaming. Pick them. Pick them. Like they, they, I really want to, but I'm just trying to protect myself. Look at the past, which tells me 
that there's going to be a little bit of regression to the mean here. I don't think the Bears will totally revert yeah. to what we saw before the mini buy, but it's going to be somewhere in between. And I don't know if that will be just enough here this week. And they can prove us wrong. We said that a week ago, like prove me wrong. And they did it. And they can do it again this week, and I'll be thrilled. I don't care about my wins and losses, but if they stack up wins, I'm a happy guy. And entering the fourth quarter last week, the Cowboys are up only 10-6 to against the Lions. Only up 10-6. to The Bears should and will be in this game. I think it will depend on some of that mental, physical stamina. If they don't get too high off of last week's win and kind of still focus at the task at hand. So for me, barely on the wrong side of things, but a game that still instills some confidence that the Bears are being more competitive than most people thought they would be at this stage of the season, especially after a few weeks ago. But man, like I said, they can really, really find a way to win this game. I'm just trying to protect my my emotions here this week, Nick. No, I get you, Will. And this is a game, and we'll get to our confidence mirrors in just a sec here, but it's a toss-up, right? It's a toss-up. So I'm, I, I feel you exactly why you chose what you chose. Yeah, what is your confidence meter number, by the way, this week? Uh, I think it's the same one as yours. Well, I'm at a five. Like, this is yep. a close game. And, I, you know, it should have been a little bit higher because I have the Bears winning. But it it's going to be, I think, coming down into the fourth quarter. And not that whatever team has the, the ball last is going to win this game. But I just – I like the matchup. And I know, again, that front seven can get after – probably. Get, I said the same thing about the Patriots. So this front seven can probably eat away at the, the Bears offensive line. But it didn't. Except for – well, Judon did a damn good job but that's one individual and Parsons might be that guy this game but you could still do you still need all 10 other players to to capitalize and execute so I I have it at a five probably like I said should be a little higher because I have the Bears winning this one but that's where I'm at I'm at a five and again I had it as a one score game like it is just a toss-up any way you can look at it and it really depends on what Bears team shows up and we just haven't seen that Bears team that showed up last week against the Patriots anytime prior so it's hard for me to just be like they're gonna show up 100 Mm percent two weeks in a row but if they do show up i think they will definitely win this game and if they do then then you know i'm picking them the rest of the way for their entire season like i'm just gonna look at that two game stretch i'm like well if they can do that they can win every single game all the way through but i'm just again i think it's a 50 50 coin toss flip uh the cowboys with Dak. Uh, I still feel like what I saw last week, I know he's getting back to the swing of things after being out for a few weeks with an injury. I just feel like they'll have their chances on defense offensively. I'm excited to see what this game plan looks like. If they can build that positive momentum yet again, or if the Cowboys saw something on tape and are able to shut it down and the bears have a hard time from that point, we just don't know. And that's what makes the NFL just so damn interesting each and every week. And I've mentioned it too. There's a lot of parody in the NFL right now where I don't Mm -hmm. think there's a huge gap between some of these middle of the road teams and like the bottom top 10 ones too. And like you have your top two to three elite teams. And after that, I think the gaps are very, very slim, but I'm at a five. And again, they can prove me wrong in the final outcome and I'd be more than okay with it. Yeah. Well, just to add to this, like um, again, how I see it, like Luke Getze and Al Williams, they out coached the New England Patriots too. And I think that that shouldn't just be overlooked in terms of how prepared they were. So now that they have to adjust going into this game, like it's, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they are good. They have a lot of talented players on there, but man, if they could show what, how prepared they were for a Monday nighter against Belichick, imagine how they're going to try to build off this to be even more prepared this week. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this team actually plays on Monday, but 
you know, hopefully we, we see some good uh, outcomes from the entire team. 100%. All right, Nick, ready to get into our weekly Q&A to kind of wrap things up for the preview show this week? Let's do it. All right, so let's get this question from Brandon H. here on here first and not the Brandon H. that we used to podcast with. And he wants to know, any chance that Vildor is a long-term solution for the Bears? He's played very, you know, pretty well this season after being a dumpster fire last season. Heck, he had a pretty rough beginning of the year, too, but he started to turn things around, Brandon. I, I think around that Texans game. Nick, are you at this point willing to say that he is, or is there a chance that he is a long-term solution for the Bears at corner? I think you're, you can say there's a chance. I think you can make that argument. I know it's only been a month. How, but I feel like it's a light bulb moment. He's played all of last season. He had to get adjusted to a new scheme. It took him a little bit. And we know Coach Eberflus and Allen Williams and their track record of getting the most out of guys that theoretically don't have a, a lot of talent. But I like what I've seen out of Vildor. So I don't think I want to like you know write him off. Uh, I won't say he is the answer, but I'm not going to write him off. Yeah, you can't write off Vildor. He's showed you some really good things this season. One, just being able to adapt to his coaching staff, do what is being asked of him, and play at a at a high level for someone that didn't have high expectations for this season. Well, and I, I think you're seeing some really good football out of him. Like I said earlier, I think you're just or not in this podcast, but a previous one, just playing with confidence. Mm-hmm. And that could do a lot for a football player, especially that but we were talking about that confidence at the cornerback position, right? Vilder's showing that. So uh to answer your question, I don't know if he's a long term solution. I'm not going to throw that out of the equation right now. I remember when they drafted him and we talked about his like length and he's been able to use mm-hmm. his length, I think to his advantage now. And I, we also mentioned this off season when we switched this more cover two focused defense that it does fit his skill set a, a little bit better. So there are reasons to have hope. He can be that guy. It's just a matter of let's see it a little bit more consistently. And again, I think, I mean, obviously if you want to just go back one year from today per se, like confidence, at least in Bears hands and Vildor, I think have to be at a much, much higher mm-hmm. level. Really good question, Brandon. Uh, let's get to this one from Matthew G on top. Uh, he wants to know, should the Bears keep Monty and Herbert on the field together a lot? Nick, you've been clamoring for two running back sets on this podcast for years. You want to see more of this? I want to see more of it, but a lot is obviously you're taking off a wide receiver out of the equation, but I think the Bears did some good things when he even had two running backs out there. There was a designed run where Tresson Abner and Herbert, I believe, were the running backs on the play. Abner goes into motion as like in the slot, and then it's just a designed run that Fields, I think, picks up six yards on. There, there are good things that can happen schematically, just having you know that 21 personnel out there. And obviously, you put Kari Blasting game into the equation as well. But yeah, put that into the wrinkle. You, we know the Bears like to run the football. Put your, your assets out there, and I think that's a good thing for this offense. When both running backs are being effective. It makes defenses really have to guess where this ball is going. And so look that we haven't seen a lot of. So if we're looking at maybe like a one week extra dimension of this bears offense that they want to, sh- you know, just kind of show out that the Cowboys haven't really prepared for it may be a good week to do it more often. Uh, so I think that's a good thought process there too. Let's get to Joseph's question next. And he wants to know, who do you think replaces Robert Quinn as a permanent captain? Because obviously with the Bears lost someone with the, you know, the C on their jersey, they're going to have to find someone else to be that guy. Who should it be? I feel like it would have to say, on, it doesn't have to say on defense, but I feel like it will say on defense. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder if there is going to be someone that ends up actually, you know, serving as the the fourth long term captain. I I mean, Eberflus didn't talk about it, but if I had to think of a player that's um, deserving of that that honor, I I mean, I know you said defense will, but I go David Montgomery. Okay, right, a guy that um, has show embodied what this team is all about. It obviously is a big part of the the success on offense and the rushing attack, but he is the, just a staple player for this current team right now this season but again i don't know if they're actually going to do that uh, Braggs, he agrees with you on david montgomery if we're on defense i'm looking at eddie jackson here i think he's mm-hmm. really re- stepped up his leadership in the locker room these young defensive backs really look up to him so i can see eddie jackson and we have the jammer jane the chat agreeing with me here for bojack for captain but you said it like Will they actually do it? Jalen Johnson, I think, would be another interesting one, too. Uh, another good one there. Kyle, what if they just kept it, like, blank for the rest of the year in, like, respect and honor of, like, Robert Quinn? Because they mentioned, like, how hard it was to, like, let him go. Uh, like, what he brings to this locker room and that leadership. And we saw Roquan's reaction, to this week after the news broke. Like, would that send a positive message to the locker room or should they just be like next man up i'm actually curious your thoughts on this oh man that that's a good question um because no, like they what was talked about yesterday too is like no one's gonna really fill that void that robert quinn left and they shouldn't be asked to do that yes you're gonna have guys that are gonna play there but what he meant also off the field was huge and that's why the impact was mm-hmm. felt you saw it emotionally from roquan and guys talked about in the locker room alan williams started his press conference by just thanking rob for everything he did it's it's interesting will i again if i had to guess i bet they don't put another captain out there all right yeah i mean it's really a interesting situation it's not often that a team trades away a team captain in the middle of the season that is mm-hmm. really well liked, respected in the locker room by both his coaches and his peers. So it's a unique situation. I don't think we've ever been in this one ever since we've been covering the Bears in you know the last seven, eight seasons. So it's it'll be I'm really just I guess intrigued about how this will kind of unfold. Um, it would be, well, I mean, with Matt Nagy, there was a new captain every week. So maybe <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, there goes a captain. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Uh, real quickly from All Day 97. Any news this week out of House Hall from Alex Leatherwood? Uh, uh, the update with him is, I think, what, he's starting his window, right? And I, we don't know if he's really in the mix yet. And they're kind of still trying to see where he's at physically. I think Matty Refluce was saying they're kind of approaching like the Nikhil Harry situation. Nikhil Harry, how he's kind of being brought up, missing time, getting acclimated, but still a little uncertain about Leatherwood and what his status is and how much he'll be a part of this Bears offensive line rotations. And obviously there's some, you know, Larry Bourne with the the concussion and just some injuries that have happened recently. So maybe we do see Alex Leatherwood uh, sooner than later. Real quickly, last week, I and I think the last two weeks, I said, like, there's no way that Michael Schofield gets injected to the starting lineup and the Bears' offense plays well because what we saw. And you know what? He proved me wrong, and I want to just give mm-hmm. him some praise and some kudos for that because he played at a really good level last week. Uh, really, it was something I didn't think would happen or expected to happen, and it was a, I was just proud of the guy, honestly. So I just want to give him some praise there because, uh, again, uh, if I say one thing and he proves me wrong, like, I'm going to own it, man up, and uh, I'm glad we had a chance to bring that up here right now. Now, let's go from Bully Bears 
Uh, he wants to know if, or they want to know if Muhammad is being benched, uh, Dom, Rob, and Gibson being your starting defensive ends. What are your thoughts there? I feel like snaps are so split that starter is like a vague designation. Yeah, I wouldn't, I can't, I don't even know if I view it as like that. I know um, Dominique Robinson said, you know, Gibson will be the guy that kind of replaces Robert Quinn to start, but he also said it's a rotation. We've been doing that even with Robert Quinn, and we've seen that. But I think if Al-Quinny Muhammad's not showing you all too much, like I really want to see more Dominique Robinson. Like he, mm-hmm. he didn't have, he didn't fill up the stat sheet last week or on Monday night, but he was causing these false starts. He's holding penalties, batted the pass that got intercepted by Roquan. I want to see him and Gibson get a lot more snaps throughout the remainder of this season. And I want to see Kingsley get out there too a bit because it was a few weeks ago when I was doing my rewatch revelations report on the website where he kept popping up and I was like, damn, like there he is again. Here he is again. And he only played a handful of snaps, but the snaps he was out there, he popped a little bit. Like he flashed when I was watching these games. So getting him out there more too could be uh, another blessing. Like we are always about like, Let's develop a Charles Snowden. Uh, mm-hmm. what was that Isaiah? What was his name? Isaiah. Isaiah. Like, no, don't even know. No, what. maybe, maybe I'm making up people now because it's been so long. But <laughs> anyway, I'm glad like, you brought him up, though, Will, because Dominic Robinson brought him up when okay. he was at his uh, locker. He's like, well, he, he's one. He said it was a blessing to sit behind Robert Quinn, but then he's like, that just puts uh you know our next guy kingsley up in the rotation now so he's the next guy he got some snaps like you were alluding to earlier did some good things but now he's up next yeah that's a really good point real quick let's get Braggs up here i saw he had a super chat so he gets to jump to the front of the line he wants us to enjoy our weekend and he wants us to know that he's going to be ready for two truths and a lie on monday and good i'm going to just start preparing now to make them just a little bit more complicated for your Braggs, just because you mentioned that you're already getting it ready for it yourself and to hit the like button people's great show. And as always bear down hashtag beat love Dallas. It. Thanks brags. Let's go with a couple more here. Thumbs up. Kevin, I think has a pretty interesting question for us uh, with 125 million in cap space. Paul should extend Roquan extend David Montgomery, sign a high end defensive tackle, sign the best wide receiver that they can, which I think is a good qualifier. They can, because I'm, as we know, the market could dry up real quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. Signed a high in offensive tackle, another high in the linebacker. He thinks that that can give them still around thirty million in cap space. Would you go forward with that blueprint? Oh, there's a lot there, and you yes, obviously there there's a lot there, and you obviously improve your your team uh, addressing some major positions uh, along this uh, Bears team. So I wouldn't be opposed to it, and then add in the draft too, see what they do there. So. Yeah, it sounds like a you know a decent start to a plan for next season, especially with all that cap space. Yep, I'm still personally undecided about the extending of David Montgomery until I know the dollars and cents, true, how much true. that contract is going to be, and the cap hit on that. And I know the Bears have a a boatload of capital to spend, so it could go so many different directions. But I'm Good still, point. I'm not saying no, I'm not saying yes. I'm saying it's week eight. And we still have a lot of season left to play, and uh, we'll go from there. One more on a similar token from Mubs. Uh, and he says that, you know, I read on Bears Twitter last night that they will spend the cap space on offense and the draft picks on defense. Want some more thoughts on it? And he thinks it's a good idea. Like when you look at how this team's already structured with all of this young talent, and defensively, you're set in that secondary a little bit. You have Jalen's contract still going for another year or two, mm-hmm. you have rookie deals for Gordon, Brisker. Eddie's good. 
Now, obviously, uh, Kindle, Kindle, Kindle too. Defensive. See, the thing is, though, I feel like you're going to need a little bit more like veteran presence in the defensive line. So you may have to spend some money, but I know the edge draft class is supposed to be pretty deep. Uh, so the Bears can get some good edge players out of there, maybe get themselves a long-term answer in terms of like a dominating edge defender. But I do think most of the money is going to go on offense. Like I think that's just where it has to go. Well, it didn't go there this offseason, Will, so it better go there the next offseason in go. terms of adding to your offensive line receivers. Put Justin Fields in the situation that any quarterback would want to be in in terms of weapons and having a stable line. That should be the focal point in the mindset for Poles and this Bears organization with all that cap space in 2023. All right. I think that should do her, Nick. That was a, another tremendous game preview episode. I'm glad that Ted Lasso got to join me for a week. It was honestly a surprise, but uh, I wasn't too starstruck throughout the entire episode. I thought I kept my composure pretty good. <laughs> No, you did, you did a fantastic job, Will. I wish I would have had some of the, the lines that he had memorized, but I'm going to a Halloween party later, so you know I'll get some, some lines, some sayings down, and I'll be good to go. Well, you just you know just write them down on some sticky notes and just you know, whip them. I'm going to have memorized. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have memorized. I don't know if I'll do a southern accent. Probably won't do that because that won't sound any good, but yeah, it'll be fun. I appreciate all the nice comments too from Doug, Brandon, uh, the Jammer J, just you know, thanking us for the game mm -hmm. preview episode. It's my favorite day of the week. I say it every, of course, every time I'm on here, uh, just to kind of do our old school game previews. I still think it's tremendous content for everybody. So, thanks for the kind words. I know we will do this again next week, and I think we're actually both gonna be on post game. Fingers crossed, I can make it. My oldest plays in the. Uh, championship game for his football league, but the game's Ooh. 11 in the morning, my time, 10 in the morning, Chicago times, and they're only about an hour or so games. So if we can get that game done, if we win, celebrate real quickly and get my you know butt in front of the TV, then I'm, then we'll be good here. Perfect. I get to watch a live Bears game on Sunday afternoon. It's been quite some time for that. And real quickly, Nick, while we're on the subject, my baby, who hasn't even turned one yet, took 32 steps in a row last night, speaking of David Montgomery. Wow, look at that. That's awesome. 32. That's that's an accomplishment. That is that is great to hear. And we got it on video. So that's uh, tremendous Perfect. stuff there. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We will you know, skate into our weekends now. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And until I see you next time, bear down, Chicago.